0: Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic show This Week in WordPress and Tech. Another live Friday show. Got a great panel. Um, should be a great discussion. I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves um unfortunately stephanie might not be your the host you might have to put up with me tribe we uh, we hopefully stephanie will be joining us for the second half um first of all uh i'm going to butcher her name as i always do with our guest aruba aruba uh, um that's my best attempt i it's profoundly, a great attempt. I profoundly did, um apologize would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe
2: yeah Hi, I'm Aruba. I'm a WordPress developer, um, newish plugin developer as well. I live in Calgary, love to read books, and I'm really excited to be here.
1: That'd be great. And we got a, a really great friend and semi-regular special panelist. We've got Chris. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe?
3: Sure. I'm Chris from Lifter LMS, and I have a podcast called LMS Cast.
1: That's great. I've got a regular coming back. A friend of mine, but she's been dealing with some health issues, but she looks quite sprightly this morning. Got Sally. Sally, would you like to introduce yourself?
4: Sure. I am uh, Sally Getch, <clears throat> the WP fangirl and organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California.
1: Great. Got my friend, John Locke. John, would you like to introduce yourself? John Locke from Lockdown SEO i got my friend and torturer, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer
5: Would like, <laughs> you like to introduce yourself? Proving two opposites can come together like Yin and Yang for years. I'm Spence from WPLaunchpad.com. Oh, God almighty. What's uh, the story
2: uh, behind The Torturer?
5: Uh, what? We, well, I don't know. You ever playing. see, it, it's like Felix Felix and Oscar in The Odd Couple, if you know the player oh, movie. Right? It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, which one <laughs> e- either one of us is, but definitely we're
0: one well, of the I our. know what you are.
1: Uh, um, so uh, we're going <laughs> for our break. We'll be back in a few moments.
0: Allow us to introduce you to Castos, our major sponsor. If you're looking to get into podcasting, Castos is for you. No penalties on the amount of downloads, and the support, should you need it, is the best in the industry. Take a look at Castos for your podcasting solution. That's Castos.com. Castos.com The importance of backing up your WordPress website cannot be emphasized enough. We use BlogVault to help us do this on a daily basis with free staging, migrations and on the pro plans, malware scanning and autofix, BlogVault is the professional's choice when managing just one website or many. Go to blogvault.com and see for yourself, you seriously won't find a better, more complete solution. That's blogvault.com, blogvault.com. We're coming back. You've heard
1: some great adverts from our great main sponsors um i've got some great special offers from our sponsors plus recommendations around wordpress plugins services great stuff to get all these goodies all you have to do is go over to wp tonic slash recommendations wp tonic slash recommendations and you can get all the goodies let's go straight into it um panel um and uh, um and uh this goes straight into it. So WordPress six point zero ultra, whatever it's called, adds more templates switch and button style switching a block locking ULR. Just a great tavern. So um let's go with Aruba. What do you think of this one? Straight into it, into the deep end of the swimming pool.
2: Ah, uh, you know, I think that there's some really good progress in WordPress 6.0. Um, I think it's interesting how WordPress 5.9 felt a lot more major than WordPress 6 does. Um, but it's good progress. That's my... My short answer to that: it's a good, it's a good progress release with some really helpful things that are coming and have come, like the block locking. I think I think is probably the one that's as a developer who works with a lot of clients. I am excited about um, being able to have that be stable and work really well. Um, but you know, a lot of the focus has been in some ways on full site editing, which is not. I mean, it's awesome to see that progress, but I'm not ready to actually
1: use it. So, Chris, what do you reckon?
3: I'm excited for it. Uh, I think Gutenberg came out three years ago. I think it's been that long. And I feel like I'm still learning how to drive it. And uh, it just get to me, it just gets better and better. You know, little annoyances like the thing with copying across multiple blocks now solved. I feel like I only discovered the list view thing like a year ago, even though it's been around for a while. And now that's getting better. So mm-hmm. it's just continuous improvement, which I appreciate. And I have some more thoughts on it once we get to the last story about uh, WordPress, but we will I'll save it for that.
1: If we ever get there. Um, Spencer, what do you reckon?
3: A
5: couple of key features here have made my life better because Thanks to Sally, I jumped into this, you know, what is it, two years now? It seems like it was yesterday. But the, as Chris mentioned, the list view is imperative to surviving Gutenberg. You cannot live without... Now, I got to test this because I've installed this live on all my sites. I did try it first to make sure. You know, sometimes you want to wait for 6.01. But the point is... <laughs> You can hopefully now actually navigate the stuff you create with the list view because it allows you to select multiple things, move them into position, and hopefully give labels to things. I have to validate if that's true or not. But that in and of itself will make it closer to an Elementor slash Divi experience. The other nuances are fine, but I'm raising my flag on the poll for everybody to hear. I'm going to be the staunchest advocate this year of killing the entire full site editing concept in favor of blocks and patterns. No, I'm being sincere. I'm not going to be the thorn in anyone's side, but I feel like one of the things I can bring to this community is a clarity of vision and like how to do things. And if we just had the Gutenberg editor blocks and patterns and everything along with that and forgot that full site editing was ever brought into the conversation, I think things will move forward really quickly towards getting ourselves together.
1: We've got Stephanie. Stephanie's gonna be taking over after this story. She is the hostess with the mostest. you you'd be so relieved. Tribe. So Stephanie, <laughs> what do you what do you reckon well, about well, this I, one?
6: I want to ask Spencer a question about what he just said. Um so what specifically are you saying they need to not do? Like, cause isn't full site editing primarily like getting rid of the customizer and widgets? Uh,
5: the the basic premise in is a simplification, that, right? Uh, think of it like this: in the world that we've been living in, a theme exists that provides the like Chris has a whiteboard behind him, right? On which you have some pre designed kind of like concepts, header, footer, sidebar. It's like a sandwich with bread on the top and bottom, a pickle on the side, and then the content. the The Gutenberg changes the content editor part, right? But the theme is still responsible for the head or the foot of the cyber. And we've got tons of amazing verticals already there. There's the Astro vertical, the Cadence vertical, the Generate Blocks vertical, and so forth. Even the old school stuff, like, you know, regular old themes do that. If we would just forget about this making WordPress into a full site editor, the themes will continue to do what they've done with the customizer or not. And we just focus on how do we deal with replacing the old classic editor with the new Gutenberg and the stuff in it. And that metaphor, everybody's already here. We've already arrived. It's just who's making the stuff to go in the sandwich, not, oh, by the way, we're going to replace the entire mechanism for making a sandwich.
6: We our sandwich artists. like at Subway. Well, I'm just saying, like, uh, too much, too soon. That, I do think that, yeah, you know, you're right. But I think that, that the customizer has never, has not been good. Like it was epic when it came out and then it's just been pretty much like always but it, needed. But if improved. you look at,
5: look, look at how the, the, when I say the verticals, so if you are a fan of Cadence, which I am, or Astra or whatever, or Generate block or Generate Press, when you look at what they've done to customize their theme in the customizer, their, their navigation of that is, is really easy. It's like Wix and Weebly Squarespace level of easy. So instead of abandoning and throwing that away and losing all of the cross-site CSS and everything, if we just stay right here and stop thinking about when we're living on Mars and work on that part of it, we can get the coherency we need. And then in the future, talk about like, let's gut out the entire theme mechanism and the mechanics of all that. And I think that Yeah,
6: it's almost like they're trying to um, like redo the kitchen, like- (laughs) <laughs> renovate their kitchen while also rebuilding the house at the same time? Is that sort of like a- too,
5: too much is is disrupting too many people in the ecosystem who make the plugins, make the themes, use them, run agencies. They're end users who come in and go like, I don't get it. Like, where do I even begin in WordPress versus Wix? I mean, man, a guy picks me up at the airport, drives me to the Four Seasons, massages my feet, gets me dinner. It's like, Everybody else has an ecosystem that, like, it's so simple. And WordPress <laughs> took everything that was, like, economy, user-based or, you know, contributor-based and threw it all out the window and said, good luck to all of you. Like, yep. figure out how you're going to work together. And I think that's what's causing the most frustration right now.
6: Speaking of working together, let's jump to our next story about the WeWork guy. <laughs> Boom. How okay. about <Love> that transition. <laughs> uh We are not bad. We are jumping to the article on Yahoo, which my browser just jumped away. Okay. Adam Newman's blockchain-based redemption story now sponsored by A16Z.
1: Can I, please, Stephanie, can I start on this one? Please.
6: I would be thrilled to hear your comments, Jonathan, because honestly, I feel like we don't talk about this guy enough. I think this is like one of, not because he's important, but because this is the kind of thing that you and I love the juicy gossip about because this guy is so crazy. All right, yeah, go for it.
1: I'm not going to say much about the other stories because we've got a large panel, but, I, I'm, but I've but got a remark about this one. It, it's delicious, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? It is a delicious story, isn't it? Um these two wackos, um, how, you know, um, why anybody would invest any money in anything these two run um, is mind-boggling. And, it's, and they choose this particular vertical to reintroduce themselves. Um, it's got every catchphrase in tech, <laughs> in the title, within in what they trying to flog, um, it's just got scam written all over it.
6: Well, you know
1: I think they're going to uh, put on
6: Fire Festival too, as well. I'm not sure. I think I heard that
1: these these two these two if you want to get your tickets. You know, they, yeah. they to say that they they are the king and queen of tech wackoism is. is a, it's an understatement of, of, of the century. They talk about two wackos well-suited to one another. Um, they, I think they've got six kids anyway. They? Uh, you know, their they're, they're time, you've got to be impressed with their time management, and That's my little bit, Stephanie. It's just a
7: gloriously delicious story, isn't it?
6: It is. Uh, John Laugh, what do you think?
7: Yeah, I don't... I? I don't understand, like, the... Uh, fascination with people like this—it's um, very obvious. I mean, this contributes nothing. Like you're going to sell carbon offset tokens, but you're going to put it on the blockchain, and you know, and I, use a it's lot just, of carbon. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's just—it's—it's it's just another grift. Um, I wish people would like focus their energy on things that actually benefit. Society as a whole, but those problems are a lot tougher to solve than these. So,
4: and, and apparently not as sexy to the VCs.
7: Yeah, they're part of the problem too. So,
4: oh, I want to know who on
5: earth's going to invest in this. Maybe Spencer knows. I just want to know who's bonkering. You got you to understand who you're talking about. Like the audience of people, first of all, it's Andreessen Horowitz, and the audience for whom they take money or make money are the ones living in floating space stations around earth right now because they have the means. And so Griff doesn't begin to describe how somebody can con SoftBank out of billions of dollars, not go on trial, not go to jail, and then come back funded by what is otherwise one of the more respectable, you know, Silicon Valley firms. The fact that this is being done in plain view kind of is along the lines of our news stories of Elon Musk now being sued for grifting the Twitter investors because it may turn out the whole thing was a big sham in order to drive the stock down and destroy the company or whatever. And so we're living in a world where we're seeing like kings battling on the battlefield with their peasants and throwing bodies into the mess of it all. And we're all the victims of this because the stock portfolios, the interest rates, the like the racial tension, the, the school shootings, all of this is these people are impervious to it. Like they're just floating above, watching the little pieces on the board of their monopoly chess game that we live in. And it's fascinating because the only thing that we all share amongst us is awareness. If if we would all just awaken a little, not to use the term woke, but it would just look at what's happening and say, like, this is affecting us, it's not affecting them, it would be over. But in crypto. Come on, like crypto was already revealed to be the problem that it is, which is it's just it can't be the Wild West that they, they make it out to be. It's,
6: you know, what do you think of this story? You always have a, a lovely humanitarian spin on things that after we bash people. Come on, Chris, do a bit of of bashing, will
1: you? I can't
3: speak to the legality of what, uh, you know, Newman's past and everything, but I am very much interested in Web3 and crypto technology. And I do think it's the future, but I don't think it's going to replace the past. And what I mean by that is not everything needs to be decentralized and on a blockchain. Maybe carbon credits, they don't need to be on the blockchain, but maybe things like, uh, driver's license, real estate deeds, old school, social security. These things that are a database of sorts could move to modern technology. And, and that's really what a you know smart contract is. But not everything needs to be decentralized. And there's a lot of pain happening in the market, like with the recent Luna crash, which was supposed to be powered around a stable coin, which wasn't supposed to drop and stuff like that. That we should talk about that next week cuz they're getting ready to launch Luna 2.0. And uh, So, Make a note,
6: Jonathan, put that on the list.
3: I think we need to separate point. out the the sh- shady founders and then that like the conversation around the technology. And not every crypto person is shady and not every technology needs to be on the blockchain. So
6: So Greg Hyatt has commented. We love you Greg and you always <laughs> Keep the chat going, even when it's only you. And this might be my favorite comment you've made yet. Things need to be off the chain, just like me. We agree. Uh, That said, why don't we jump on to our next story? Uh, Very much a WordPress story. We're going over to masterp.com. The title of the article here by Rob Howard is, What does Shopify's crash mean for WooCommerce? Um, Aruba, do you... Oh, Chris has some thoughts on this. Go, Chris. You're on roll.
3: I'll just go quick. Um, I think the answer is nothing, and the reason is is because they're apples and oranges. Uh, Shopify is a publicly traded company. Um, It's a traditional SaaS software as a service with the economics around that. If you look at and WordPress is, while it's software, is very different, and and uh, you know if you look across the traditional. Um, you know, fifty to eighty percent declines in the SaaS tech stocks. You know, a lot of the advice given by the venture capitalists and the in the, that community is right now is to fire twenty five percent of your people, to pare back all expenses, and basically just try to survive over the next eighteen months to three years. WordPress is very different; it's not as well monetized, and You know, in many ways, this is WordPress, and in this case, WooCommerce's moment to really shine in a recession where there's not monthly SaaS pricing except for your hosting account. And this is a big opportunity for WordPress, and I'd love to see Automatic take advantage of that in terms of getting more users on WooCommerce in the next 18 to 36 months.
6: Aruba, do you have thoughts on this article?
2: Yes, but I want to know what Greg means when... Uh, it says one has a forward plan and the other is which one is which in Greg's opinion. <laughs> okay.
6: For those who aren't watching, Greg Hyatt, we have a, co- a comment of his up on the screen. Two very different beasts. One has a forward plan. The other is trying to play catch up. So Greg, explain yourself for Aruba here. And then uh, do you have any thoughts on the, on the article?
2: Honestly, I think that uh, Rob has a good perspective on it. Um, and I agree with Chris. I don't think this affects WooCommerce like per se. It is like you know, WooCommerce could play up the situation and be like, "Here's why we're better, and you should you know go with us." Um, but it is true, you know, Shopify is easier to start up with and do things with, whereas WooCommerce can be prohibitive if you don't have access to. Mm, maybe extra money for premium extensions or the ability to code some stuff yourself or hire someone who codes, Um, you know, once you've got past the very, very basics in WooCommerce, it becomes infinitely more complex unless you have the time to invest in making it something custom that works for you. Um, But that being said, you know, uh, even though they are different and like, People don't always compare the two. I think that they compare each other to each other. <laughs> so uh, it's it's it would be interesting to see what WooCommerce and like Automatic does in response to this, uh, whether it's a subtle pivot or a subtle change in marketing or something. But, you know, oh. <laughs> we
6: just lost your my, video.
2: C- my camera. We can still hear you though. We can yeah, um, but basically... I think that it will affect them, but I don't know if it actually makes a lot of big difference to the consumers because the people who are using Shopify are probably not going to use WooCommerce. And the people who use WooCommerce are not very likely to jump to Shopify unless they like have a sudden like turn down in profits and they need like something much simpler to work with.
6: Um, I don't do a ton of e-commerce myself, but um m- from like an outside perspective, not from the developer point of view, is um, that it's um, for the end user, it's a bigger barrier to entry for WooCommerce, but then it could be more affordable and easier to run in the long run, whereas Shopify is easy to start, but then the prices skyrocket if you need a lot. I mean, it can get up really expensive for the monthly fees on a...
2: Shopify. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, it is v- it skyrockets very quickly. I helped one of my clients uh, switch from Magento, I believe, and um, it was you know we had to buy like a million different like like extensions, just like a uh, things in the Shopify marketplace, just for them to have the same capabilities that they had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, at that point, I was you know WooCommerce was such a better fit here. But, um, yeah, but, you know, there are things it about... You, like- it could cost you, you know, five,
6: ten grand easily to get a WooCommerce, you know, to get a dev to get you a WooCommerce store built and yeah, at least. get you set up and running, and then it's going to be a lot. Good for a you while. It, yeah. Uh, Spence, you're, you know a little something about this industry.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I think Aruba's really hit the nail on the head, but also... I've been working with Rob and I have something that's going to be published in relation to this article as well coming out maybe this week on uh, Master WP because it aligns with the same conversation we just had. I also agree with Chris. Shopify had a huge spike in customers because during the pandemic, like Etsy, people were stuck at home thinking, I don't know what to do with myself, whether they're getting money from their their job or, or stimulus money. The point was, I guess I'll go create a free Shopify shop and start building stuff. And Shopify showed all these sites, none of which actually had companies with product market fit or customers or anything. Etsy had the same problem because they suffered in in the market as well, like this perception (laughs) that everybody is suddenly going out and building stores. Now, WooCommerce's problem is also its best benefit. And that's, again, one of the things that I think we can all and I hope to help everybody in this regard, solve. There are 852,000 different things you have to do to set up a WooCommerce site to make it do what you want, or selling a membership site with Lifter LMS, or doing like member content, or doing a sales funnel with LaunchFlows. That doesn't need to be the case. If somebody, and that's, again, I'm putting the flag up, would think of WordPress as a platform with WooCommerce, you could have a, here's a pre-baked, ready for anybody to use just like a Shopify thing, and it would be perfectly suitable, and it would solve all of the competing problems of people throwing in a Frankenstein monster or a shiny ball like, oh, let's put 10 things in instead of of one. And I think that's the thing that WordPress and WooCommerce has as an advantage. People are not here flighty. They're not here because they're just, oh, I think I'll just take 10 months and fool around with this. They're doing it because they have a purpose for a real business. Otherwise, they would have gone to another platform. And if we together work on that problem by getting rid of all the confusion, we can look like a platform. WordPress can look like a Shopify. And that way, a real business with real customers can come here and not have to have all this startup anxiety. And even a small business owner can come here and immediately get satisfaction instead of in, like, calling Chris a lot because like, instead of going to one of those platforms that let you sell you know, your, your courses and stuff. You could just I do think, and, and rob says that in his thing he says if you want to address the entry level marketplace and compete an open source fully portable diy woocommerce platform would be cool that, and that's what i'm talking about
1: can i say something um i think the other thing in the article stephanie is which i i thought was quite insightful i think the problem with shopify is what's happened to netflix i think shopify was was really successful because it was the only real SaaS platform that you could consider to utilize, really, if you were in e commerce. I know there was like big, big commas and there were some others. So you might dispute that particular comment. Um, but now, you know, with Squarespace, what Wix is doing, what a load of sas providers are doing is it, it looks like it's going to get very square it's going to get very more competitive for shopify um a lot more competitive so i thought that was insightful in the article
6: sally do you have any thoughts on this um well in a
4: way i i come back to uh uh, Chris saying, "What you know? What does this have to do with it? Well, nothing. Um, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Shopify's stock market crash is the result of it stock being wildly inflated during the pandemic. It's the same thing that happened, as people have said, to Zoom, to Netflix, to Peloton, to uh, uh, and." Um, you know, the world opens up again. I mean, there's two things that happen. One, you reach the saturation point where all of your most likely customers are already using your product uh, or, you know, a similar product. Uh, and and two, the world opens up again and people get back to the stuff that they used to be doing uh, instead of trying to run a shop. Uh, and of course, people discover that... Um, uh, you know, it's actually not that easy to have a store that really does anything uh, and makes money and and is successful.
6: Very true. Um, any final thoughts before we run on to, and uh, John, you got something? Yeah,
7: I got some. So, yeah, WooCommerce, I mean, is fundamentally different from Shopify because Shopify is a hosted platform and WooCommerce is there's no comparable offering that automatic has uh like Shopify where they host everything and they give you all the functionality and some of the things that you have to pay for in WooCommerce just to start are there even on a basic plan in Shopify. Now for the for mid-level e-commerce like WooCommerce is probably a, a good uh, bet, and shopify is is going to be the biggest competitor. I think one of the major competitors to the further growth of WordPress because it is like one of the most complete solutions. but I there's something that I ran into very recently. I had a larger project uh that was closer to an enterprise project uh recently. And one of the things that we found out uh, about where this client wanted to go is automating a lot of things. And I ended up referring the second half of this project to another company, but one of the things that they pointed out to me is that WooCommerce doesn't have as many endpoints to where they can tap in and, and connect different things as Shopify or even Big Commerce. So this is an opportunity. And the other thing I think that, that could stifle WooCommerce's growth, it's good if you have a developer to help, but if all these things that you have to buy, like the extensions and and the different things, it becomes very cumbersome after a while. Uh, and when you want to add different functionality, and everything is like adding on, like another, you know, ninety nine or one ninety nine a year, it would be easier, and I think a lot more beneficial to the growth of the platform if WooCommerce would just have uh, a selection where you could just pay like an amount, like five ninety nine a year, or whatever it is, and have access to all of their authorized extensions. That would be a lot better, I think, for the, in the long run for WooCommerce because it becomes a, a kind of a tangle trying to deal with all that. And like Greg says, he'd rather pay 1000 to one person for a complete solution than relying on multiple moving parts that can lead to a catastrophic event. And that's exactly where a lot of mid-sized businesses are.
6: For sure. All right, guys, any final thoughts on this article? Um. Not- Oh, Jonathan. Okay, great. Sorry, I didn't give you enough time.
1: <coughs> Sorry, I don't. I'm not going to go into enormous detail, but in some ways, I fundamentally disagree with John. I understand where he's coming from, but um, number one, if you if you really worked, and it's been a while since I've worked on a really large Shopify project, but the reality is, to get real functionality, you have to go into the Shopify third party extension ego system and it's more if you think WordPress is a bit of a wild west delve into that particular scenario so this idea that you're going to get a centralized and not have to deal with any of the things that you might have to deal with WooCommerce in my opinion and I might be wrong uh, is a fallacy and the other thing is yes you You're, um, as what Craig said in his comments, yeah, it does seem initially to be great that you can go to one vendor. The problem is, is when you need some functionality that they're not providing, and then what do you do? You're stuck. You have to adapt your business model to the vendor instead of being able to adapt the platform to your business model. So it swings and about Stephanie.
7: Yeah. E- either way, you're if you're doing Shopify or WooCommerce, you're going to need a developer if you're getting past a basic site. Period. But it's still yeah. Eon's better than Magento.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely.
7: <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you, know, oh, God. You, you make me sweat there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that John said something really important there, and the fact that Shopify has like this insane amount of extensibility, and I have, I have some experience with it, is still the problem that WooCommerce still has because it's, you know, I, I my, my brother-in-law works, used to work at a stu- company that just did Shopify, and it was so easy for them to integrate into anything, anything that the uh, retail store or company might be using, they, it was like, yes, we can absolutely integrate with a Shopify. But when it comes to WooCommerce, it's not always that straightforward. It's not always that easy. And I think that that is like the biggest factor that's maybe stopping WooCommerce from being used on a large scale by more complex stores right now. So, yeah. Greg says, try one of Shopify's tax
6: extensions. I don't have you pulling your hair out. Yeah, but like, when's the last time you set up shipping rates in WooCommerce? Like, that's also a nightmare. Like, you know. Uh, Oh, yeah. Anyway, guys, we do have to move along. It's time to hear from our sponsors. We got to pay the bills around here. Uh, We will be back in just a moment.
5: Hey, it's Benz from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, Custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today.
6: tribe are you trying to scale your agency but struggling to find time to work on your business because you're always stuck working in your business head over to focuswp.co where you can subscribe to an instant team of white label geeks and creatives to delegate to use code wp tonic for a special discount just for the tribe with focus wp you don't have to worry about hiring firing or any other hr nightmares just submit a ticket and your new team will dive in focus on what you love outsource the rest Okay, we're back and I just want to remind everybody that right after this show live, we have another live show coming up with our pals, Jonathan Denwood and Spencer Foreman. And they will be that this show is now officially titled funnel, Bu- the funnel building live show. Right for this week, it's officially titled Funnel Building Live Show. Every Friday, ten thirty a.m. Pacific, uh, Jonathan and Spencer will get on and run through some uh, funnels and talk about all things connected to building funnels in WordPress. If you would like to have your um, site, your funnel analyzed by them live on the show, shoot them a message, and you can check the show out on the WP Tonic YouTube page. Now, back to our stories, if I can find the right window. Um, The next article we're going to is on theverge.com. It's an article by A.D. Robinson. I don't know if I print Robertson. I just butchered that name, sorry. Why We Need a Public Internet and How to Get One. That title, I thought it was going to be talking about, like, internet access, and I was real excited, but it's a completely different Story than that. Uh, Chris, do you have some thoughts on this article? I see you nodding your head. You're ready to jump in.
3: I do. There's a quote in here where uh, Robinson says, What I would like to see above all is the internet that is populated by spaces that are truly designed, developed, implemented, and governed by their users. That's his North Star. So this goes back to, you know, kind of the Web3 conversation in the sense that a lot of the, you know, big tech internet, social media stuff, a lot of that ownership and control and governance comes through um, the wealthy, the, the VCs. And, uh, you know, there's even laws in our countries where you have to be an accredited investor at a very high income level to even be able to get a seat at the table as an investor or have the potential to become a, a board member in that way. So one of the cool things about what's coming and it looks a little weird now. It looks like, um, you know, the Board Ape Yacht Club as an example. But this is actually the future when it comes to these things called DAOs, which stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organizations. And NFTs, instead of selling like art with monkey faces, this is the future of equity. And, and uh, the way I like to describe it as universal basic equity, which is yeah. different than... Um, you know, how we're used to thinking about that in terms of universal basic income. But everybody should have a right to participate in owning and governing their, um, you know, the internet and the businesses that they want to be a part of. So that's where we're heading and we'll get there. And what we have now is a situation where the government is kind of past the buck to the uh, the companies to the private sector to do these kind of governance and decide who to deplatform or not and stuff like that. We need a much more um, of a legal framework and not put CEOs or Dalles even in charge of enforcing the law. Like this is the government's job, and this is why. As soon as Elon Musk finishes acquiring Twitter, he needs to go hire Morton to be his chief ethics officer. And let's let make the magic happen,
6: uh, Spencer. What do you think about this?
3: I, I mean, I,
5: I I sometimes miss Morton <laughs> here because one of the one of the themes that I will apply from this conversation into what happens here in WordPress.
6: I hope it's another illustration because your illustrations have been fired today.
5: Let me paint you a picture, Stephanie. (laughs) I got a big magic marker here. Um, We have an unusual situation. Remember years ago, we talked on the show about that experimental neighborhood that had a website where everybody knew their neighbors' names and they acted differently? Remember, it was like a Colorado or something. It was Stephanie, I think it was before you are on the show. But we discussed how anonymity on the internet including that of corporate governance, creates a different perspective or or output than if you were Spencer Foreman speaking about things that I'm accountable for forever, right? Politicians can immunize themselves from that, but normal people, they don't do nasty things as much when their name is attached to it. Anyway, to the point of public internet and politics, okay, in the WordPress space, I think one of the things we've lost as of late is the sense of personal name recognition, accountability for the fact that we're all in the same boat rowing together or, you know, going, floating together. And I think that was what enticed me into this community originally, kept me active in this community, made me contribute to this community. And even though I do come off to many people as a salesman because I'm a marketer, I'm selling things that I know in my heart and I'm willing to put my name and reputation are for the benefit of the community, right? Right. And I think that when you look at how the outside world is working with the scams and the the crypto and all the politics and all this stuff, you can see that we have a need in our local level here in WordPress to try to regain some of that. So I think that the thoughts that he's emphasizing, I would apply locally to WordPress and say, instead of us becoming trapped in our minds to what all the bad behavior is in the outside, we can return to a sense of like, we got ourselves here in 16 years by being neighbors and being friendly and being accountable and being like golden rule type of people, even if it meant making money. And I think that will serve us well to get past this stage of our society and the stage of our recession or whatever this anxiety is, because everybody fending for themselves or worse, powerful people fending for themselves at the expense of others never works out when we're all on one life after another. And I, and I think that's what I take away from it
6: no uh john Locke. he's chomping at the bit jonathan we'll come to you next
7: there's a a comment in here where somebody's saying anytime they think of more small or locally owned controlled spaces they think of hoas next door and reddit and there's a lot of exclusion that happens um, on the basis of race and class and that's whenever you have like locally controlled stuff that is Um, a possibility because you see that happen even now just in the U S you know, there's, there's places that are uh, historically been segregated, even, you know, they were segregated through different means. uh, And then even after it was not um, legal anymore, they use things like redlining. Um, So these, these kinds of things um, are still kind of recent and, the government is, as far as like free speech. I mean, Twitter, Facebook, and all these things are private entities, um, and people can pretty much like put whatever they want, so long as it isn't harmful uh, to other people. Like you know, having things that are in well, Facebook's already you know done this in, in Myanmar, uh, incited like genocides. Uh, you know, here in the United States. Some people would say that they uh, have had a hand in manipulating uh, public opinion when it comes to elections. So these are the things that you all have to consider when you're talking about giving the power back to the people. It works as long as everybody is operating in good faith. But the problem is, is there's a lot of people that are not operating in good faith at all. So that's just something to keep in mind.
6: Totally. Totally. Jonathan.
7: What are you yeah,
6: talking? I always
1: try and um, look at history um because in some ways history does repeat itself and sometimes it doesn't. And I see this as a kind of um going back to British history where there was a there was common land and communities could share grazing land for their farm animals and it was it was it was totally inbuilt into the economical and social structure of British society that you had access to this land. And then the elite decided that um, because of technology, they could take over this land and push out common usage. And in, it was called the Enclosure Act. And then they could utilise technology to plant crops and make themselves a bag load of money. And it, But it really led to the British Civil War. It's one of the economical drivers because it, it caused so much flux and hatred and that. And the why I'm coming out of all this is, um I think this is what we're seeing with the internet. When it first, you know, it obviously came out of defence, the technology, and then it was adopted and then it was seen. And the web, to some extent, is an open platform still, to some extent. But then you've had like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter—these privately owned um, sectors that kind of—I see them as trying to enclose, just like what I just outlined. And something's got to have to be done about it, or or something will be done about it in the
3: end because that's what history suggests. it has a name by the way it's called the tragedy of the commons i put a link to that in the chat
6: the tragedy of the commons okay great we'll share this on the show notes
1: yeah that could be the new title of this show couldn't it stephanie
6: (laughs) (laughs) that was a good one jonathan i wish i had said that (laughs) okay um this uh, this Uh, that's gonna be the title that's gonna be
1: that's going to you need to put that oh yes. Um that's going to be the title of my newsletter that supports this.
6: I like it. All right, good. Perfect. Um why don't we move on guys? That one's kind of a downer for some reason to me. Let's move on. We're well, next up we're heading over to chrisweigman.com and we're going to read the uh talk about the article what is there? Besides WordPress, I've seen this article sort of floating around a little bit out there. If we're not, you know, is it time to s- step back and take a look and see if there is an alternative? Um, let's see. Um, Sally, we haven't heard from you in a few minutes. What would you like? Do you have any thoughts on this? Well, I,
4: I, I you know, he talks about how he thinks the uh, uh, direction WordPress has been headed is away from. Uh, good content management and towards becoming front page uh, and uh, like not even Wix, right. But front page, and, <laughs> uh, uh, which I remember. And it wasn't, an, uh, it, it was an utter horror. Uh, and, you know, I have seen things that are an issue in terms of how people are using um, Uh, full site editing and, and that, you know, it doesn't do anything to encourage the the creation of proper semantic HTML. I mean, I'm not sure how it would force that. And of course you can't force that on uh, uh, developers uh, either. You know, the joke being that anyone who works in JavaScript thinks that you make a button by nesting a billion divs instead of using an HTML button tag. I don't know, however, that in terms of managing content, things like creating custom post types and uh, custom taxonomies and anything, I don't, you know, that hasn't gone away. And most of it was not something that you did in the UI. Uh, And, uh, you know, it seems like they are working towards, like, for instance, one thing that has shipped in, 6.0 6.0 is, uh, a custom taxonomy template in the full site editor. So, um, you know, I'm not sure that's true now performance issues with the database and all of those kinds of things. Uh, yeah, that's, that's happening. And, uh, you know, it seems like what Chris is saying here is, well, um, I I really haven't found something that has a better, uh, uh you know, a, uh, a better tool for manage for both managing the content and publishing it. Uh, and he's thinking about, uh, you know, installing a plugin to generate a static site from WordPress, for for which there are various solutions and hosting platforms and so on. Uh, so it is kind of a uh, watch this space. Uh, uh, you know the well. I'm really frustrated with it, but I can't actually find something that's enough better to be worth switching to.
6: I've thought about a lot of things in my life. Do you guys? <laughs> uh, Ruba, what do you think about
2: oh, about this topic um, about WordPress and yeah, Chris I have talked a- about something like a lot of like these similar topics a little bit on Twitter too. I think the the frustration is that it's true. Those things like custom post sizes, things haven't gone away, but the problem is they haven't necessarily been innovated on very much either. And they haven't changed very much. And there are possibly, you know, UI additions coming related to them in full site editing, but there's so much more that we can do in terms of content management. I mean, I create a little plugin called Quick Post, and Quick Post comes from this idea that it should be easy in a content management system to be able to easily create new posts when you're in the block editor in Gutenberg. If you're in full, like full screen mode, how you know it's sort of in a way intended to be used. If you want to make a new post, it takes like three clicks to go make a new post, whereas back in the classic editor. It was right there. There was a little add new button right there when you were creating a new post or working a new post. You can click it, you can make a new post. You know, um, the content production pipeline is part of a good content management system in, and it should help you produce your content in a streamlined and it should make it easier for you to do so. And I feel like WordPress isn't yet innovating in that aspect anymore. Um, and in some ways, the we're in this weird transition space where it in a way almost hinders it sometimes. And I think that's where a lot of that frustration comes from. It's like, hey, we have these problems. We should fix these problems. Why are we now moving to a totally different new problem, which is called full-site editing? Mm-hmm. And now working on that when this thing is still half-baked, you know? Um the tragedy of the commons. No the
4: one wants to go the fix commons. the paper cup. Exactly. So sexy thing. Jonathan-
6: exactly. <laughs> Can Jonathan,
1: I? jump in. Yeah, I, I personally think this is all linked to Gutenberg, be quite truthful about it, because I have never come across in the WordPress community such diverse views about something. I was interviewing Christina Hills yesterday, and she she's taught thousands and thousands of WordPress newbies to WordPress. And she she says, Well, I won't teach in Gutenberg because it's a me- in her opinion, it's a mess. And then I've got people like Sally and Spencer that love it. Um and I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I see the possibilities, but I think oh, I, I can't. I'm still gonna s- stay with animator. And then I have other people that love Divi. Um But I've never known anything that's caused so much diverseness and extreme of view from so many people that I respect. I don't think they're wackos. Yes, we we were
4: just all united in hating the classic editor until we got something to replace it and that everyone wanted it back.
1: So I I personally think... I don't want it back. (laughs) Right. I (laughs) I personally think that... A lot of this has been caused by Gutenberg and how it's played out. It'll be quite truthful,
3: Stephanie.
6: All right, I we got have time a, for one last comment. Chris, go for it.
3: Um, I think I, I kind of have a solution here because I experience a fractal, a smaller version of this problem over in the LMS space. If one of Chris's last comments is that simply put, um, WordPress is not a great option for a simple blog going forward, which is literally the original intent of WordPress. Right. And there's three main users of WordPress. There's users, there's a- freelancers or agency service providers, and then there's developers who, who like extend it. Within each of those three avatars, there's beginner and then there's advanced. And that's a spectrum. But if we were to divide that up into six different avatars, which is a challenge... But that's what WordPress aims to solve. And when Chris says it's not a great option for a simple blog going forward, I know Chris is an advanced user, but that's kind of like a user in easy mode. He just wants user easy mode. Um, whereas, you know, for some, one of the other use cases, they need a different config. So the challenge with Gutenberg, like you folks are mentioning with uh, some people, it's like hard to teach newbies and stuff. WordPress is really good at adding things, but also having subtraction, not to take it away, but to hide it until later when they cross the chasm from beginner to advanced. That's where the real UI, UX uh, opportunity is.
6: Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think his perspective is sort of a, a bit of a narrow one. He says earlier in the article, too, where he's like, uh, if I, I don't, I'm not going to find it real quick, but Basically, like, what do I care? Like, why do I need things to make it look fancy? <laughs> well, a lot of people want to that control and to be able to customize things and make it look fancy, you know? He didn't use the word fancy, but you guys know what I mean. Which is like, so that's, he's just got his little narrow worldview. But like you're saying, Chris, there's all of these different worldviews and use cases that um, it's, it's not, there's no simple answer to the solution. Unfortunately, we got to wrap it up and move on to our... Recommendations for the week. Who wants to kick it off? Let me see. Blink at me. Blink at me. Nobody. Everybody. Come on, John. Well, Locke, you got one.
7: Yeah. Come on. So my recommendation is a Twitter account. Uh, I've been following him for a while. I, I think I like unfollowed him, but I'm following him again. Christopher Bowsey. Now he has a product uh, that's linked in his bio called Bot Sentinel, and this checks. The basically gives it a score of uh, different bots that are on Twitter, uh, and it has lists of different uh, in these categories accounts that are in these categories. Normal, yeah, but
1: John, that's but John, that's everybody.
7: (laughs) No, I mean of like ones that are specifically um, listed as normal, satisfactory. That's like the okay. And then disruptive or problematic ones that are basically just there to stir the pot. Um, So it's a very interesting thing you can see in real time, like what's being deactivated, suspended, unsuspended, how many are being added in real time. But his Twitter account is very insightful and and you're going to see a lot of things uh, that are very interesting. So uh, I would advise, yeah, go give it a follow and check it out.
6: Sally, what do you got for us today for the tribe?
4: Uh, well, of course, um, by the time the audio is, is released, uh, it, uh, it will be over. But today is the 19th birthday of WordPress. Uh, and this afternoon, my time, uh, uh, there is a big mega meetup uh, to celebrate this, hosted by the South Florida uh, WordPress meetup. So you can just search for that and meet up. And uh, uh, come join us for the party. I I will say I'm hoping that by next year for the 20th anniversary, uh, we can have another uh, in-person party with a WordPress cake, which is what we did on the 15th. Excellent. Uh,
6: Spencer, what do you got?
5: Uh, I have an unusual video recommendation by a guy, Dotto. Yeah, Dotto Tech. And uh, I came across it because I often use my iPhone for voice, you know, typing and stuff, especially if I'm walking or whatever. And so he showed that you can use voice typing on uh, your desktop with Google's feature in a way that was really cool. Because what happens in normal voice dictation is you're in dictation mode or you're in like, gotta fix it mode. And he showed how you can be talking and then editing with your keyboard and even though i typed quite quickly i was like whoa that actually is a game changer you know you can really just go blah, 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 wait and so i wanted to give it a try it's sort of like a new way of doing things where i see um the future being a lot of remember we're talking like apple glasses talk in your iphone i could see a lot of situations where i talk like because i used to play lawyer where i would dictate into one of those things for my secretary well I could see that a lot of us will be able to just use your voice and talk. And this is an interesting concept worth, worth, you know, worth a a watch.
6: I definitely want to check
4: that out. Especially as we get older and it's physically harder to type.
6: (laughs) I feel like uh, I'm much more likely to get into a car wreck while voice texting because it screws it up so bad and you can't fix it good than I am with regular text. Anyway, so that sounds handy. Uh, Chris, what's your wreck?
3: Uh, mine is a slightly self-promotional today, but I have a case study with a uh, cryptocurrency educator. His name is Nick and Lee. And basically, if you dig into their story, it's a really great example of how this Helium network is used to disrupt uh, and spread the universal basic equity around the people from the big telecom companies when it comes to wireless communication. It's, you know, you got to kind of nerd out a little bit bit when you get into it. But once I really got into it and uh, understood it, it starts to, you start to understand how Web3 has a lot of potential. And yes, there are scams and rug pulls and all these things. But there's also the seeds of a lot of democratization and, um, you know, spreading out of wealth and equality. So check them out. Nice.
6: Jonathan, what's your rec for the week?
1: It's a link. Obviously, what happened in Texas over the last couple of days has been absolutely awful. Obviously, the parents who have lost their children are going through the most difficult, most painful experience imaginable. They will need financial assistance because of practical costs involved in this terrible tragedy. I'm gonna have a link to um a public television page that lists accredited um sites where you can give some money to the to these that aren't scam sites. And um please if you feel generous maybe give some money to these poor people.
6: Lovely. Um This week, I am recommending also a little bit self-promotional like Chris. I hate to follow Jonathan's (laughs) lovely recommendation with something selfish, but I don't know if you guys heard, but I have come on as the CMO of Bertha AI, and we are doing a promotion for um, WordCamp Europe because... The, we're all going to be there. Me, Andrew, Vito. And um, so we're they're doing a big sale, 50% off of all the plans. And we came up with a cute little page because Bertha generates text. So we have a page that goes and will give you a uh, an inspirational message or a compliment, mostly corny jokes and things like that. So you can go back and check every day for a new thing. That's bertha.ai slash bertha-says. Yeah, so, and coming to WordCamp Europe... Say hi. I'm going to be with Jonathan. We're going to be on are we, doing so, are
1: we going to do something special next week, Stephanie?
6: You're going to be standing right next to me. So we will end the age-old debate of who's taller and whose <laughs> hair is redder. Finally, finally, you guys will get the answers to those burning questions as Jonathan and I We're are in the to, same exact room. We'll probably, have our, we'll
1: probably have a mixture of alcohol, live audience. We'll see,
6: you, know, yeah. you know, what could go wrong, Stephanie? We'll make it fun. Don't worry. Don't you know, worry.
1: What, what could they adopt Don't the say that. be fun.
2: Do you listen yeah, to you know, No Such Thing as a Fish? They do a lot of live shows. It's always fun to no listen to their, their live shows. It's a great river. podcast. <laughs> oh, and that's your... I think we just got a double... Uh, double
6: recommendation from Aruba because Aruba, it has been lovely having you on the show today. Please do come back.
2: What is Thanks. your recommendation for the tribe? Save the best for last. Well, I, I mean, No Such Things Fish is a great podcast. I was going to recommend Dense Discovery. It's my favorite non-WordPress newsletter. Uh, it's tech forward, but it's also artsy and just thought provoking. With a lot of like sometimes philosophical discussions around ethics in tech, and it's I it's like a highlight of my day whenever it's coming out. On, on that. it's I like that. the first thing I'll read. So uh, yeah, uh, Rupa, it's a fantastic
1: one. You know, but don't you sign up for the WP Tonic newsletter where you can sample my my outrageous editorial or my insights into those in the WordPress community that need <laughs> to be exposed for their faults. Do you Listen not sign
2: there. up for that? Don't be a bull, don't be a newsletter sign-up bully, Jonathan. <laughs> I should sign up for that though, because I would love to read that. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Good answer. Yeah,
5: good answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, Spencer would never give me that answer. <laughs> I think not actually agree with anything I say. That's his my purpose is to
5: disagree. I, I want I wanted to just compliment Aruba. I think at the beginning of the show we might have been, but like I read a lot of stuff, and I, first of all, love your sensibility with your add-ons or plugins, extensions, whatever we're calling our stuff these days, but I also love how clear and concise you put your stuff out there. It's really refreshing to me is what I like to think as a person who makes my living as a marketer, um, to see somebody do such a great job bringing clarity to what you're doing. I mean, even the little, I call it tchotchke nature, but like just You stay right in the lane of, here's a problem. This is what it it is. This is what I do to solve it. Here's why you want to use it. Love it. Thank you. Love what you're doing.
6: This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) When the panel of WP Tonic turns into a love fest, can you guys even stand it? Where are we right now? This is great. Thank you for ending us on such a positive note, Spence. Aruba, great having you, as well as all of our other guests. We will see you guys next week broadcasting from porto portugal
0: hey thanks for listening we really appreciate it why not visit the mastermind wordpress membership group on facebook and if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter we'll see you next time